Welcome to the Join the Resistance podcast, where we help Christians overcome sexual brokenness and pornography through growing in their relationship with God. Buckle up for this encouraging and insightful episode with your hosts, Tim Russell and Jack Atkins. Are you ready to join the resistance? Well, Jack, in our series so far, we've been going through the disciplines of grace. These are these are habits that we we need to to build, to develop within our lives, to help us grow in our walk with the Lord. So we've talked about the habit of reading the Bible, and we had three episodes. We're trying to expound the importance of reading the Bible, how we do it, how it's helpful for us, how we can memorize it and, and, and utilize it. The the next thing we talked about was the sacraments, uh, baptism and the Lord's table, and that can be a very helpful thing as we improve our baptism, as we come to the Lord in faith in communion. The third thing is prayer, and last week we had a great episode where we kind of unpacked the power of prayer, and in today's episode, we're going to talk about prayer specifically as it relates to temptation. So how does prayer help us to resist temptation? That's the specific uh, question that I hope this episode will answer. Now, we're modeling this episode in part off of a book by John Owens, Jonathan Owens. This is a a Puritan, uh, and he wrote this book called Temptations, Resisted and Repulsed. It's a Puritan paperback. I'll have a link to it in the show notes. But he he models his, his book on one verse. In fact, it's just really one phrase from one verse. It's a short book. It's an incredibly helpful book. And if you're looking to grow in, in resisting temptation, this would be a very helpful book for you to read. So, Jack, um, why don't you set up what's happening th- on the day in which this verse takes place? Give us a little bit of the context and then read us the verse. Okay, this is um, in the gospel when um, when Jesus is going with his disciples into the Garden of Gethsemane, and he warns them, or he come, or he, I should say, instructs them to watch and pray because they are about to um, be sorely tempted. And the the verse is, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. So watch and pray. Watch and pray. Why? That you may not enter into temptation. The disciples were about to head into the most stressful moment of their life, the greatest moment of temptation and weakness that they perhaps will ever experience within the next few hours. This is the time where Jesus predicted that Peter would deny him. He said, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And of course, this of course is on the heels of Peter saying, though all the world deny you, I will never deny you. Peter says, you are the Christ, son of the living God. And uh, moments later, Jesus actually rebukes him, says, get behind me, Satan, because Peter said, no, I'm never going to let you die. You can't die. You're the Messiah. You're, You're the chosen one. All right. So 
we have this incredible temptation that's coming to them. Jonathan Owens is is using this passage for for people like you and for me. Uh, by the way, it's it's John Owen. John Owen. Thank yeah. You. And, and also question, what's the temptation that the disciples are going to face are facing? I, I think the specific temptation they're going to face is to deny Jesus to run away. Right. Yeah. That's that's what Peter that's what Peter did when when the crowds came to take away Jesus. He first thing he did is he attacked and then he fled. Well, okay, so fleeing is maybe the wrong word because he did pursue Jesus. He followed to the um, the the different judgments where he was uh, on trial and he was there and denied Jesus three times. I think for Peter, his temptation was the denying Jesus. For the other disciples, many of them, it was just the running away and hiding and to um, to to give in to fear. But for you and for me, right? For for our audience, the temptation is is could be pornography, could be lust, could be anything. And the the prescription that Jesus gives to his disciples for the very specific and timely temptation that they were facing still applies to us today. So this prescription, we're going to talk about this, is watch, first thing. Second thing, pray. So we'll, we'll kind of flesh this out. So the two commands, we talk about watching. Um, when we talk about watching, what, what Jesus has in mind, I, I think is there needs to be an external awareness, uh, both an external and an internal awareness that we as believers need to have. So we need to be aware of what's going on outside of us in, in the environment around us. Uh, it also says that we need to be aware of what's going on inside of us, inside our own heart. So let's break that apart for a moment. If we're going to have any meaningful effort in overcoming temptation, we need to recognize that that these two these two these two pieces, the outside world and our own internal heart, are are at work against us, and we need to be aware of that. So. <clears throat> Jack, uh, how how have you seen um, an awareness, an external awareness, has uh, has helped you, or has not helped you, or struggled uh, when you were not aware of what was going on uh, in in the context in which you were living, where temptation may have come up and clobbered you? If you don't have a story, I sure do. No, I mean, like um, I would say, one that's often coming up is the social media um a very i won't even name it i'm not going to give them more advertisement but uh, a very popular social media app that um they um on the news feed uh you they well they don't they they make it so that you're like not even care about the category it is that it's a news feed but news could be almost anything like news is something that a note like a notification and the, and if you see a notification they they appeal to that um uh that desire to um to refresh your your uh your feeds 
And yeah, yeah. a lot of times on my feed, it'll be what is so-and-so wearing or not wearing, you know? <laughs> and it's like, um, it, they kind of know what my temp, what tempts me in, in terms of, um, of, yeah. of what, so, what some woman looks like, you know, that's, these algorithms tend to, we train them. We yeah, train the algorithms right. based on our, our behavior. So if you, you, right. you click on one thing, one time, they'll think, Oh, he likes this thing. Right. No. So, so okay. now, now I'm more aware of it. So I'm like, no, not going to fall for that one. No, no, no. It's easier for me to say that now. You know, you're more aware. You're aware of that external trigger. So entering into social media, being aware of where some of those those places where you might be tempted to go, that clickbait that could drive you down. Mm. Uh, for me, it was like an awareness of events or activity. So um, my wife is going away for a weekend with the girls, or you know, do something like that. Well the girls like i have girls now like her her friends um and and if if i don't go into that time frame where i'll have more unstructured and unaccountable time i have at times gone and done really bad sinful things in terms of my own temptations and struggles so having an awareness of that, developing a game plan, being watchful can help because I'm, I'm aware of both the external circumstance. I have a, a situation that's coming up where I'm going to have more temptation to do the particular sin that I struggle with and an internal awareness of what's going on inside my heart that I actually still yearn for the wrong thing. That, which is, is unhelpful, unwholesome. Um, that, that can be a very helpful thing for us to do. We have to keep an eye on our motivations, our desires, and our tendencies. When we know the tactics of the enemy, we can be watchful to guard against the attack of the enemy. A wise Christian is a watchful Christian. I'm going to say that again. The wise Christian is the watchful Christian. But he doesn't stop there. In fact, I, I think watching is 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 dangerous if it's not in combination with the second piece of his his prescription. It's to pray. This is that I spend the the time addressing what you know what I need God to do for me. And this is where we're going to unpack this for the rest of our time together. So, so Jack, can can you define maybe in your own terms? What is prayer? How how do you think of what prayer is? Yeah, it, uh, it's crying out for um, for help. Um, I think that's the the best way to think of it. And um, um, and it's not. And I was talking to my son last night, and it's so easy to um, try to barter for yeah. that help. You know, like God, if you help me, I will do this, or you know, kind of like to try to to twist his arm. But um, a very important part of prayer is this idea of um, taking God, taking a promise, um, and and uh, or just relying on His character and promise, and saying, "God, you've said this; therefore, I'm asking for this." So um, it's not bartering; it's resting on what God has has um, has promised or has said already. The thing for me that when I when I try to understand temptation, well, I'm sorry, not temptation. 
when I try to understand prayer, it's, it's a conversation. Prayer is a conversation. You use the term a cry for help. And in the context of temptation, it's absolutely a cry for help. That's, that's what Jesus is saying. We need to be calling out to God for help, but prayer more broadly is a conversation. And when you're having a conversation with your friend, uh, with your parent, with your spouse, you'll have normal everyday conversations. You'll have conversations in periods of, of stress and difficulty of periods of, you know, of, of praise and worship and just like, you know, where you're just enjoying the relationship with that individual and conversations take different tones given the different settings and contexts. So, Prayer is talking with God. It's a communication with God. It's intimacy with God. That's what we talked about in our last episode. Pouring our heart out to God in faith that he hears and that he can and will act for you. So that's what prayer is. So here's the question. Why? Why should we pray? Why do we pray? Why does Jesus want us, especially in the context of temptation, to come to prayer as one of the solutions? And I, I believe that there are at least three reasons why we pray in the face of temptation. Jack, what's the first reason we should be praying in the midst of temptation? Because we are weak. Yeah. So one of the things I think we often think is that we're, we're strong. I'm able, I don't, I, I can handle this. Like I don't need anything. That's one of the, what's one of the ways we tend to fall. We have this, um, beware who he who stands. How does that verse go? It says, Beware he who stands lest he fall, or something mm -hmm. that he who thinks he stands lest he fall. Yep. Um, the idea is that pride comes before the fall, that um, we we tend to take too much confidence and overconfidence in our own ability to resist, to stand, to obey. Mm -hmm. What was it that the, the Israelites said in the wilderness when the reading of the law came to them, you know, the Ten Commandments and all of this? They said, we will abide by all that is written in the covenant. Of course, mm -hmm. they never did. They failed. And they, many of them never made it to the promised land because of their sin and their rebellion. We have an over, uh, uh, a high view, a, a overly optimistic view of our own strength and ability. Prayer is a demonstration both to us and to God that we're not as strong as we think we are that we're weak, that we're really only a thread's distance from falling into sin. And that if it is not for the grace of God, I am going to go there. That that's, I, I need him to hold my, uh, to hold my feet, to hold me fast, to hold me in the faith. Uh, even the best of saints being left to themselves will quickly appear to be less than men, to be nothing. All our own strength is weakness, and all our own wisdom is folly. This comes from John Owen, Temptation Resisted and Repulsed. 
the Apostle Peter had just pledged his undying loyalty to Christ, though all deny you, I will never deny you. And just a few hours later, right, he he's denying and cursing. He, he had an overdeveloped sense of his own vigor and fight. Peter's like, I'm never going to deny you. He was strong. He, he, his emotional state at the moment of his, his, that, that affirmation, I will never deny you. He felt there was not a shred of a chance in the world, given the way he felt at that moment, that in the future, he would ever feel differently, that he would ever behave differently. And all of a sudden, all of the facts changed. He wasn't as strong as he thought he was. Well, all the facts didn't change. He just, his perception of those facts changed. Mm. Uh, Peter's uh, confidence was in his own power. That was misplaced confidence. If we're confident in our, if our confidence is based on ourselves, it's misplaced. All our confidence in strength, it's, it's just, it's our feeling. It's our willpower. It's going to come to an end. It's going to come up short. If that's what our strength, our confidence is based off of a feeling, our own particular willpower, it's never going to work out. The second reason, Jack, what's the second reason why we should be praying? Because there is strength and uh, in found in Christ, he is strong and ready to help. Yeah. So um, there's, a, there's a verse in Matthew 11. It says, uh, Matthew eleven twenty eight, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. There's another passage that I find really helpful in the book of Hebrews chapter 4. Jack, can you read that for us? Uh, which one was that? Oh, Hebrews 4. Okay. Um, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Yeah, we know we talked about the memorizing the Word of God. This would be a fantastic verse to memorize, a, a, a fantastic series of verses to memorize. If you're struggling with um, believing that that Jesus Christ really wants to help you, look, He's our great High Priest. He, you know, let us hold fast to our confession that we 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 believe in Him. He's a Son of God. For he's able to sympathize with their weakness. He's been tested in every respect, yet without sin. By the way, sometimes we think that means we think less of Jesus because of that, because he's never really been tempted like we have because we've sinned. He, he's been tested. He's not sinned. So he's never really felt the pressure of temptation like we feel. I'm like, no, you got it backwards. He felt all of that temptation and it never yielded. That temptation was was pressing and always there because he never gave into it. So it was in in that way it was even bigger. It was an even bigger deal for us to to have Jesus that. And so what's the point of this, right? The point of all of what Jesus does is that we should draw near. We should have confidence to draw near, to receive mercy, to find grace, to help in the time of need. Why do we pray? Because he is strong. And he is ready and willing to help. Jesus Christ is our great high priest. Let us draw near to him. I love that verse. 
So, Jack, our third point would be what? As we pray, Christ strengthens us. Yeah. So I've got a couple quotes here from the book, and I feel this is really particularly helpful. Let him who spends little time in temptation spend much time in prayer. Think about that. If you are going to have little temptation, you must have much time in prayer. I love that, that, that phrase. It goes on. It says, prayer puts your soul in the posture of opposition to every temptation. Prayer puts our souls in a posture of opposition to every temptation. This isn't the Bible, right? This is this is John Owen. This is his way of expressing what he sees in the Word of God, and I believe it to be true. He goes on a, a page later and says, Let this be part of our daily wrestling with God, that he would preserve our souls and keep our hearts and our ways so that we should not be entangled that his good and wise providence should so order our ways and our affairs that no pressing temptation should befall us. And that the, um, oh, sorry. And that he would give us diligence, care, and watchfulness over all our ways in this way. We shall be delivered when others are held fast with the cords of their own folly. You should break this down a little bit because it's a it's a thick uh, it's a thick passage. This look you need to make prayer a daily behavior. It needs to be a daily habit of wrestling with God, that he would preserve our souls, that he would keep our hearts and our ways so that we would not be entangled by sin. If you get nothing out of this episode, but that, that is absolutely worth the price of admittance. If you would just wrestle with God on a daily basis, Lord God, I need you. Help me preserve my soul. Keep my heart and my ways from being entangled with sin, that we would be um, grateful for the good and wise providence of God that orders our affairs so that no pressing temptation can befall us. So pray for God's good and wise providence in our lives, and, and that we would be praying that God would give us diligent Diligence, care, and watchfulness over our ways. That we will be diligent with the means of grace. Diligent to be watchful for those external triggers. To be careful with our manner of life. With our allowing ourselves to um, go down those paths. You talked about, Jack, you talked about um, social media, right? I think being careful there. Diligence and carefulness um, with the use of those things, if at all. And then to be watchful over our ways. In this way, he shall be delivered when others, those who do not daily wrestle with God in prayer, are held fast by the cords of their own folly. 
Brothers and sisters, may this not be you, those who are held fast by the follies, by the cords of their own folly. So many times I found myself entrapped by my own folly. And if we're going to follow what John Owen is pointing out here, it's because of, in part, our lack of prayer and seeking out God to be our source of help and strength. Jack, do you have any thoughts about any of these three points that we talked about? Why do we, why do we pray? Because we're weak, because he's strong and ready to help, and because Christ strengthens us as we pray. I was reminded of the part of the Lord's Prayer where Jesus says, um, uh, lead us not into temptation. Uh, and I think that that's what John Owen is getting at, um, particularly with that last um, point about Christ strengthening us. Um, it's like we are being proactive in praying about temptation. Um Hmm. Ultimately, God has the final say of what we get tempted with. But the fact that we would be on top of, uh, we would be praying about our temptations. I think that's what Jesus was saying when he said, lead us not into temptation, meaning um, that we would um, be um, ahead of the game, so to speak, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It does. Well, I want to thank you for joining us today on this episode of Join the Resistance podcast. And our prayer for you is that that you would be more diligent in seeking the Lord in prayer, that you may not fall into temptation. All right. Take care. God bless. And until next time, don't forget to seek the Lord in prayer. Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. God bless.